Welcome, MyDearBrother.com and MyDearSister.com. I'm Jeff, the answer for our faith, and this episode is about seven reasons people hate the healing message. Seven reasons people hate the healing message. Why do some people hate the healing message? Well, we're going to find out. Number one reason people hate the healing message, and some of these are, I'm going to kind of upset both both groups. I heard a, a phrase or an adage one day. Uh, I need to look it up to see who, who, who first quoted or first said it. I quoted it, first said it, was for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditches. You know, it's two miles of ditches. And I, I seem to look at, you know, wherever you're driving, I seem to have, be having rocks thrown me from the Christians who are on the right side of the ditch and have rocks thrown me and the Christians who are on the left, left side of the ditch. Well, this is going to be one of those teachings that I'm going to have rocks thrown me at both sides. But I'm okay. I'm a big boy. Why people hate the healing message? Because don't want people, they don't want people's hopes to be dashed and to be angry with God. They think don't get people's hopes up that God is healing because God doesn't heal today or he does it arbitrary. You never know what God's going to do. So don't get people's hopes up because their hopes up and God doesn't heal them or doesn't heal their child. Their child dies, their wife dies or whatever. They're going to be angry with God. Well, that does happen. The people have been angry if God walked away from God because they didn't get a healing. But these same people don't say anything about the expectancy or, the, you know, of the faith in the medical community. They don't say anything about these people, you know, trust in the medical community and, you know, to save their child, to save their wife, to save their husband, they die. <laughs> you know, so why are you saying it about God? You know, that's kind of hypocrisy there. You go, go, you know, Go to the hospital and see what they can do. Well, you're putting a chance in them because they don't know everything. They don't know how to cure every disease. They certainly can't cure death. I mean, if you, I guess if you die in the, you know, a few minutes, they can probably resurrect you from the dead, but they surely can't do it after you've been dead for four days. So let's go on. When Jesus heals, you get healed with no side effects. Jesus heals with no side effects. Can you imagine when Jesus went around healed and had, you know, Peter going out there and says, all right, Peter, give him the spill first. And Peter says, okay, Jesus is going to heal you of this, but, but you may have headaches. You may have heartburn. Your pancreas may give out. You may limp for a while, but are you sure you want to get healed? No, that's the medical community that adds all these side effects. And praise God for the medical community because if you don't have God, you know, and, and, you know, and, you know good for that. Of course, you know, you need to decide if you want the side effects over what you got. But Jesus heals and you get healed of no side effects. There's no side effects except for people maybe being angry with you. That's a side effect. Or saying that you didn't get, that you really weren't sick. I guess that's a side effect. Or that, you know, that you just kind of grew out of it. I guess that's a side effect. But Jesus still heals today and there's no side effects. When Jesus heals you, no body parts are left on the table. You know, you go to the metal community, you may leave something on the table. You know, they get into and do surgery and they take something out and leave it on the table. So I guess you don't need that. You know, we as, you know, men, I guess, you know, women can do this too, like taking a vacuum cleaner or taking a car apart or taking certain things apart, you know, to fix it. And you always have extra parts and go, well, I guess it didn't need it. I guess it didn't need it anyway. Well, if you're going to go into the medical establishment and praise God for the medical establishment, but you may leave some body parts there. <laughs> But when Jesus heals you, you don't lose any body parts. He heals the body part. He makes the body part new. When Jesus heals you, there's your pain leaves. It's not masked. You understand that most of the medication you take, you know, only masks the pain. It cuts off so you don't feel the pain. You don't sense the pain. But it doesn't take away the reason for the pain that's there. But when Jesus heals you, it's not a masking. It's not temporary. 
It's complete. It's finished. It's full. When Jesus heals you, you're not left with a prescription for life. Can you imagine, you know, Jesus healing somebody and say, okay, Peter, write out a prescription for him. Okay, John, James, write out a prescription. Tell them that they need to take this three times a day unless the sickness comes back. No, there is no prescription. When Jesus heals you, it's complete. It's made whole. Now, don't throw away your prescription, you know, you know, and it says, I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to have supernatural faith and trust God. And I heard about this story about this woman. I think she's from, you know, even Oklahoma where I am. That she was going to trust God. She wanted to have 20-20 vision. I guess she saw pretty bad. So she, she was going to have great faith. And so she, she told the pastor, I'm just going to have faith and I'm, I'm not going to have my glasses anymore. And the pastor said, no, 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 no. And the pastor was a great person of faith. No, don't do that. You know, I don't want you killing somebody because of your great faith. Running somebody over because you can't see them. And he said, I tell you this. Every time you put your glasses on in the morning, praise God that you have 20-20 vision. And every time you, you take your glasses off before you go to bed, praise God that you have 20-20 vision. But don't go around driving without your glasses. And so she, so she subscribed to that, you know, that, that prescription that the, the pastor gave to her. And you know, a couple years passed, nothing happened. But she kept on doing that every morning. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, that I have 20-20 vision. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, I have 20-20 vision. Then I guess she moved off somewhere with her family. And, and then a couple years later, she called the pastor and said, Guess what? I have 20-20 vision. I woke up this morning, put my glasses on, everything was blurry. I took them off, I could see perfectly. She had 20-20 vision. So don't throw your prescription away. We're going to talk about what real faith is and, and, and how to establish that faith. The medical community will help you survive but Jesus helps you thrive. So don't think I'm against the, you know, the health committee. Don't think I'm against you for getting shots and things. And we are going to talk about there's some things you probably shouldn't get, but that's going to have to be completely up to you. There's some things I won't do, but, you know, because I don't have my, I don't, you know, unconditionally trust the medical community. And we're going to talk about why not. But, uh, but the medical community, Satan didn't set up the medical community. He might set up some few people, but hey, I'm getting off course there. Number two reason yeah, we were only on the number two. Number two reasons, you know, uh, why why people hate the healing message. You know, the first reason is because people get angry with God, but people are going to get angry with God no matter what. If you're trusting God or believing in God for what he can give you and not who he is, you are going to get angry. That's just going to be the bottom line. And you're going to be angry, too, if the medical community can't heal you. But yet you keep going back to the doctor. You know, so if you're so if God doesn't heal you, keep going back to God, right? If you're going to do it to a natural person, then certainly you can go back to God. They don't want people to be financially taken, you know, and that's based off, you know, so many times that people want to, you know, give so much money, sow a seed, and you'll be healed, and that's just completely wrong. In fact, that's happened to me one time. I had a little back pain, and you know, it had been bothering me. I hadn't gone to the doctor yet, but I, and I eventually had to. Yeah, I didn't receive it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm believing for this stuff too, just like you. We're in, we're in a fallen world. But anyway, this person said, well, God has told me that you need to sow a certain seed and I'll pray for you. And I said, I'm not doing that. Well, no, I'm not praying for you. And, that, and he didn't pray for me. But uh, I know, went to the doctor and I did what he needed to do, just pretty much exercises. And, and I got got it out. But uh, but that's why a lot of people don't want that you know, to happen. It says, you know, they just want you for your money. They, they, they cheat people out of money trying to buy your healing. Well, you don't think that happens in the medical community? You don't, you don't seem to care about the same people who already spent their life savings, you know, at doctors or medical or insurance, but you only care about people putting an offering in, you know, to, to trust in God? Come on now. People, what about the woman who had the issue of blood? It says she spent all her money on other doctors. 
So you don't care about people financially broken, you know, because they went to the metal community. But even if there is any idea about somebody putting an offering in them and, you know, not buying or healing, but because they're just giving an offering at the same time that there's something wrong. Come on now. You cannot buy healing from God. Just because you give a certain God a certain money, you're giving God some money not to buy healing, but you're giving to God says, God, I trust you. But you do not have to, but you do have to buy healing from the mental community. You have to buy your healing. I cannot go to the doctor unless I give them money first. In fact, they charge me up front. Okay? But you don't have a problem with that? You have a problem if somebody gives puts some money in an offering? Come on. Even when it is, even you go to the community and you try to buy healing there, and you have to pay even if it's a half a healing or no healing. Many people are bankrupt because of so much money they put into the medical community and the medical community cannot help them, but you don't seem to have a problem with them. Come on. Okay, a woman with the issue of blood, we talked about that in snake oil. They think it's snake oil. You don't so how many how many the uh, snake oil products has the FDA okayed, okay? I mean how many medication and pills they have taken on the market because either it was ineffective or is is downright damaging and even killed. Come on. All right, I need, I need to quit saying that come on stuff. I don't want to be seem angry. I'm a little bit, I because I am a little bit angry. Be angry and sin not. So, but let's be happy that God heals, that Jesus still heals today. Number third reason, lost someone to sickness themselves. They were believing, they were praying for somebody, and and knowing that person did receive healing. And I understand. And, and if you're listening to that, I'm, man, I I, I feel you. You know, I pray for you right now that you receive, you know, healing in your soul, receive healing in your in your loss. Their prayers didn't seem to be answered, and now they are they are the plumb line and not scripture. You cannot use your experience as a plumb line of scripture. The scripture says that we can be healed, that Jesus healed. That's the plumb line, not our experience. Our experience is often wrong. Or they're angry with God or angry with man. Maybe somebody, you went to a, 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 a specific somebody we call it a faith healer, which is a horrible thing to say because, and we're going to talk about the idea of faith healer in a second. But, but you want somebody who's supposed to be really in touch with God and, you know, they're supposed to have miraculous healings and they laid hands on you or laid hands on somebody and they passed away. It's not you, but they passed away. God didn't heal them. And so now you're mad at that minister or mad at God. Or many people have lost loved ones in the mental community, but do you turn away from medicine? I mean, do you turn away from medicine? They didn't heal your daughter. They didn't heal you. And so now you're not going to go, go back to the doctor anymore. Well, don't, you know, give God the benefit of the doubt. At least give God the same chance we're giving people. I know I understand you lost someone to sickness and, and now you're hurting. Number four, their own heart condemns them. Their own heart condemns them. 1 John 3, 19 through 21 says, We know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. And whatever our heart condemns us, it's a heart condemns us. Satan is accuser of the brethren, but it's a heart that condemns us. For our God, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So sometimes our heart condemns us and it's not even right. Sometimes we can feel bad and feel like we're sinful when we did nothing wrong because our heart condemns us. But God is greater. And sometimes we do things out of and we do the wrong things and we sin, but we didn't mean to. We didn't even aware that it was a sin. There's sometimes I've said something to somebody and I didn't mean to come off the way it did. And that person got hurt and my heart began condemning 
and you know, would condemn me. But God is greater than our hearts, and he, and he can bring you out of that condemnation. Even though there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, our heart still can condemn us, and God is greater than our heart. But, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And some people just don't have any confidence before God when it comes to healing. Some people don't have any confidence in God because of, you know, even for eternal life. Their own heart condemns them. Is one reason why people hate the healing message. One reason people hate the, you know, the, the healing message because confused faith healers. Now I'm going to get rocks from the other trench, the other ditch. Confused faith healers. There is no such thing as a faith healer. Yeah, we use our faith, but without grace, faith is nothing. We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. Don't call yourself a faith healer. Don't call other people a faith healer. And if people do call themselves faith healer, at least inform them why they should not. Because it's only that God heals. We have no ability. We're going to talk about some scriptures. John 5, uh, 30 says, I do nothing on my own initiative. This is Jesus talking. I do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So Jesus himself says he doesn't do things on own initiative. We can't do anything on our own, own initiative. Yeah, we can pray for people. We and you know pray for people, but, but but this is one reason we don't go to empty empty hospitals. There's some people well, I don't believe in healing because if you're a real Christian, why don't you just go to hospitals and empty them out? Even Jesus didn't do that. When Jesus healed a, a, a guy who had been you know laid laid out for 38 years, it says he was around multitudes of sick people. But even Jesus didn't go clean out everybody, you know. Because and we're going to talk about first things first, you know, uh, here in the next next part of it. But Jesus. Did not have his own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is judged because I do not seek my own will. I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, God wills everyone to be saved, and God wills everybody healed, but that's not our first mission. He's not going to send us out. In fact, many people who want to be faith healers, they want glory. You know, It's like the first temptation, or one of the temptations of Jesus, not the first one, where Jesus uh, was taken by Satan up to the pinnacle uh, the temple says, "Throw yourself off." Don't it is written that the that the um, that the angels will keep you from dashing your foot. And why would Satan tempt Jesus on this? Because it would show that he was a Messiah. It would show that he has power. Well, many Christians want to show the world what great power and glory they have. They want to bring glory to them. In fact, one of the deadliest, I guess, ministries you can have is a healing ministry. And because if you look in the past and see how many people. We're in the Hill of Ministry of the 40s and 50s, and what the tragic death was because they end up taking the glory to themselves. They end up thinking it was them. They end up thinking, taking their own initiative and doing something out of the will of God or at the wrong time. But Jesus did nothing. Jesus didn't just lay hands on people on whomever he wanted to. Jesus passed many people who were sick. And I, I know many people don't like that. Both, both ditches don't like that. I don't like that. But it is what it is. Number two are uh, confused faith healers. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11 says, As the Holy Spirit wills. It's only as the Holy Spirit wills. Now, some people may say, this is about the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wills. This person has a healing ministry. This person has prophecy. And that is true. But I think as the Holy Spirit wills. I, can, I can't do anything unless the Holy Spirit says do it. I can't just pull out the gifts. I have Some people say, well, I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of healing. I have the gift in tongues. I have the gift of just doing things. And they think they can just go out and do it anytime they want. No. We Jesus is the branch. Uh, no, we are. We he is the vine. We are the branches. We can do nothing apart from Him. We must abide in Him. We can't do anything. We cannot have our own initiative. We can't make things happen without Him. Without Him first saying. Without Him first 
given us the grace to do it, then we, if he gives us the grace, then we have the faith. Now, the Holy Spirit's always willing, more willing, you know, to do these things than, than we are, but we've got to be led to do those things, which is Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him. He bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. We cannot go out and do miraculous things without being led by the Holy Spirit to do those things. And I know there's going to be a lot of controversy on those things, but that's some people, why reason some people hate the healing message, I don't like to call it the healing gospel because, the, you know, I'll get into that later on. Um, because there really is no faith healers. We can't not do anything without the grace of God as the Holy Spirit wills. Number six, why people hate the healing message because first things first. There are certain things. God puts things first. You cannot have more than one priority or, or, if, or if you do have more than one priority because you know, may have five priorities or six priorities, but even those priorities, you got to have one main priority. You got to put them in a hierarchy. You got to have certain things you got to focus on. This is Mark 16, uh, chapter 16, 15 through 18, part of the Great Commission. We got to remember what is our priority. And he said to them, Go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is our priority to preach the gospel. Now we can break it down. What is a gospel? Because some people, like I said before, have, have broken down the gospel to, to the, the most important element of the gospel, which is being saved and, and receiving eternal life and spending your eternal, eternal life with God. But, but the gospel is more than that. The scripture talks about the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of God. The, Paul says, my gospel. But all of that, the gospel of the kingdom of God is more than just receiving eternal life. It's about what, how to live right here and right now before we die, before we go into heaven. So we need to preach the full gospel to all creation. Who has believed and who has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs shall accompany those who believed. These signs shall accompany, accompany what? Accompany the preaching of the gospel to all creation. These signs will follow. What signs are going to follow preaching eternal life? What signs are going to follow preaching the cross? What signs are going to follow preaching Jesus only, the only way to the Father? These signs are going to follow. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak from new tongues. They'll pick up serpents and they drink any deadly poison. It will not hurt them. Now, this is not talking about picking up snakes and dancing around. You know, if you believe that, then how come you're not drinking some Ajax? Okay, let's move on. This, you know, talking about spiritual things. It will not hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The last thing on this great commission is lay hands on the sick and see they recover. Because the first thing, the first priority is preaching the gospel. And one of the signs of us preaching the cru Jesus crucified is people lay hands on the sick and see them recover. There's a lot of people... They want to put the healing first. They think if I if I go out and heal a lot of people and see a lot of people healed, then they're gonna then I can preach the gospel to them. But a lot of people are afraid to preach the gospel. They're ashamed of pre talking about Jesus, but they're not ashamed to lay hands on people and say that Jesus wants to heal you. But they're ashamed to tell them that people need to repent and turn to Christ. Repentance towards God, but faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of the eternal life is first. We've got to preach Jesus crucified first. And one of the signs that's going to follow those is, is people being healed. And that's one reason people don't like you know, the healing message because people make that priority rather than preaching the cross.
And then this, and Matthew 28, 18 through 20 also talks about the Great Commission. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So going out and making disciples, as we're making disciples, we can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Jesus healed many people, but it didn't make them disciples. Now, Jesus didn't always bring the gospel up. There's some people, in fact, the guys that Jesus laid hands on are told to get up and walk after 38 years. Jesus didn't even inform him who he was because when, when the Jews asked him, when the Pharisees asked him, who healed you? This guy had no clue, you know. But most of the time, most of the time when Jesus went somewhere, he gave why he was there. He says, I, I'm reason I'm here. I'm sent by the Father or I'm, I don't I don't have my own initiative. I only do what I hear my father do. I only speak what I hear my father speak in the way he spoke it. Every time it says I only do the will of father. I'm the son of Adam, which the Jews would have heard was, you know, that he was the son of the first Adam, the seed, the seed that, that, that God promised to Adam and even promised mankind that would crush the head of the serpent. So Jesus did most of the time everywhere he went declare why he was there before he did it. But there's a few times he didn't. So so, so this isn't a, an absolute, but there's too many people that don't preach the cross and they want to preach, you know, they want to preach the signs rather than the cross. And we need to preach the cross and the signs will follow. Uh, uh, first things first, um, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus repeat, um, preached repentance and he preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So priorities. So not priority. So these things are not priority. They're still important, but they're not priority. Healings are not priority, but they are a sign of preaching the priority, which is Jesus crucified. Clothe the naked, give them, you know, drink to those who are thirsty, give them food to the eat, you know, you know, you know, social justice, eradication of, of, of poverty. Those are not pro priorities. Those are part of preaching the kingdom of God and how those and how those things are addressed. But they should be, but the priority is preaching Jesus crucified, and that's one reason some people hate the healing message because people don't get their priorities prioritized. <laughs> uh, Acts twenty eighteen twenty one. This is Paul talking about, and I'm going to jump in the middle of this. It says, I did not shrink back. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly from the house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he didn't shrink back. I know there's some people that, that teach about healing, and they kind of shrink back about declaring you know, anything profitable and, and healing is profitable, but they shrink back about talking about people who need to repent and talking about putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought not to shrink back. I know I'm making, I want to make a point here and some people think I just, I'm going too far, but I repeat these things for your sake and for my sake because we need to he hear just how important it is about our priorities. Acts 26, 19 through 21. So King Agrippa, I, this is Paul talking about to King Agrippa. So King Agrippa, I do not, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. We should not prove disobedient. We need to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate appropriate to repentance. Repentance is very appropriate to teach on. We just want to teach on the gifts. We just want to. We don't want to just teach on the the you know the benefits of following Jesus. But we got to teach on <laughs> what happens if you don't. 
you know, receive Jesus and teach on the, the uh, you know, God says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. Well, he set before us Jesus. Are we going to choose Jesus? Are we going to choose death? That's very important. You know, the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom, because some people want to separate the gospel. Like I said before, the gospel is simply just about being saved and, and going to heaven one day. Well, the gospel, and some people say, well, then there's the gospel of the kingdom. And No, the, the gospel of being saved, the gospel of healing, the gospel of being made complete, the gospel of being made whole, it's all the same gospel. Just some people have have taken the main element of the gospel, which is eternal life, and just focus on that and kind of brush everything else away. And we need to preach the full gospel of the kingdom, which is that God wants to make us whole, healing, prosperity, the whole night, and how to live for Christ right here and now, how to be your, love your neighbor, you know, and how to live appropriately. Those are all part of things. So now there's rocks coming from the right and rocks coming from the left, but I'm okay with it because I preach the truth. Number seven, why people hate the message of healing. Because of superficial healings and momentarily healings. Superficial healings and momentarily healings. One of this is fake healings. There are fake healings out there. There are people faking it. Not only people faking it, you know, ministers out there faking it to help to get money to come in. But there's also people out there. Who, who want to be seen. There's people that are faking healing just because they like the applause, just because they want the attention. You know, and then they get and they go up to somebody and they get healed and they like the attention. So there are fake healings out there. Let's deal with the elephant in the room. Unverified healings. You know, some people, what every healing has to be verified. Well, I've laid hands on many people. And many people have been healed of headaches and, you know, heartburn and, and back pains and like that. Well, how do you verify those kind of things? You know, and, and I... And I don't think we as preachers, you know, uh, need to be so focused on making sure everything is verified. I believe in, uh, you know, in verifying things. In fact, I went with a church of this woman. That, that's kind of what her ministry was, was to go out and, and, and verify supernatural things and healings and, and showing doctors, uh, you know, uh, uh, notices and, 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 and writing testimonies and that kind of stuff, verifying things. We need those kind of things. But... I'm too busy you know, telling people how to how, how to receive Christ and telling people about the kingdom of God that I don't want to bear. If you don't believe that I've laid hands and seen people healed, well, that's on you. You don't want to believe it, you know, then, then don't believe it. But but I'm going to go on. I'm going to go to those who have ears to hear. Courtesy healings. Courtesy healings. <laughs> you know, this might get your attention. Just one time, I was probably not even saved two years, and I was going to go to this. Somebody said, you need to go to see this minister, and he's a well-known worldwide minister. And they came to Oklahoma City, and it was at a church, and my dad was supposed to go, but he couldn't go, so I took my mom. And they told us to go in the hallway, and they had this big old line of people. And when this minister began laying hands, and these people just fall. I mean, just fall, 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 fall. And there's like over 100 people there. And they get up to me, and this minister lays hands on me. I feel nothing, know nothing. And I've heard about the charismatics. I have heard about those things, but I never experienced, you know, falling out in the spirit. And I believe it is scriptural, but there is a lot of, Fakes too, and this was part of this courtesy healing here. Touches me, nothing happens. Touch my mother, nothing happens. Touch the next person, they all fall. And I'm just wondering what's going on here. And this woman next to me, I help her get back up. She's kind of young, and and she says, "Well, that's just we that's just just a courtesy fall, a courtesy drop is what you got. The courtesy drop. I'm going to what? A courtesy drop. We don't want to hurt this guy's, you know, his his psyche. He, we want him to, you know, feel confident. And so sometimes we don't feel anything. We just kind of fall for his benefit. I'm going, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? And they go, I'm thinking, what about me? Does it believe I just thought maybe 
my mom and myself don't have any faith and why we didn't fall. Well, that same thing happens when it occurs to healings. I mean, what if you're a person that's really are sick and you're not getting healed? I mean, if you're especially if you're in the in the you know a faith church. I mean, there's a lot of people attacking people faith, and and I believe in the faith movement. I'm still in the faith movement, and we're going to talk a whole lot about faith. But we shouldn't condemn people. We shouldn't criticize people. But there's some people that fake their healings because they don't want to be shouted down. They don't want to tell people I, I'm not healed because then they may say I don't have enough faith. And I've seen that happen in churches. But I've also seen ministers, you know, and I've seen Kenneth Copeland, oh, there come some rocks. But I've seen Kenneth Copeland pray for somebody in the congregation and they didn't get healed. He prayed for him again. They didn't get healed. He prayed for him again and they didn't get healed. And he says, that's okay, brother. I'm going to still pray for you. And, you know, and he, you know, don't feel bad. And he moved on because he loved that person. He didn't condemn that person. But many people condemn somebody. And so there's sometimes there's courtesy healings because they don't want to be shouted down. And so let's deal with an elephant in the room. Another one is fake it till you make it healings. Not much needs to be said on that one, right? You just fake it till you make it. You know, confess it till you receive it. And I do believe in, you know, in confession. And we'll talk about that later on too. Or our drilling and healings. Our drilling and healings. You know, when you get pumped up. I've experienced this myself. There's been times I've been, you know, I had a cold or whatever. And, and, and. And I wasn't feeling well, and I needed to preach that night. And, I, and as soon as I got on the pulpit and began teaching, all that disappeared. I was feeling great, thinking I'm healed. And oh, then after I get preaching, go down an hour later, the same symptoms are going, what happened? Was that our drilling? Is that anointing you know, coming up? And even if it's just not anointing, if it's just our drilling, when you get excited, you know, you feel better. I mean, even the doctor would tell you about about. You know, getting your mind off you know, sickness, which is a, which is another one, is redirected healings. Anybody can experience if you get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on somebody else or on something else, you're going to feel better. So there are are, are drilling and healings and redirected healings, and another one called unfinished healings. Why some people hate the healing message? They're healed on their way. Even Jesus heals healed some people on their way. He told us 10 people that had leprosy. It says, they, and they were healed on their way. We don't know how far they got because one of them turned back and says, thank you. And Jesus asked, where is the other nine? And so, but some people are healed on their way. Some things are not instant. And we'll talk about why they're not instant in another, in another episode. Some people are unfinished healings because there's a change of lifestyle required. A change of lifestyle required. Jesus brought this man out, a young man from this village. He led him out by hand. He was blind and he laid hands on him. It says, can you see? And the man says, I see men walking like trees. Jesus laid hands on him a second time. It says, and, and then he could see. Then Jesus told him, said, do not go back into the village. Do not go back into the village. I don't know what was in the village, but it had something to do why he shouldn't go back. And there's some things that we do. There's a lot of things, some sickness, diseases that we do bring upon ourselves that we need to stop doing. So there's sometimes... We're not healed completely because there's something we need to stop doing. Even doctors have a, you know, a, a, um, requires. Even doctors tell us if you go get a, have a heart attack, you're, and you get a new heart, or you know, or your heart, it, it get a stent, or you know, a bypass surgery. There's certain things you need to stop happening, or things are going to get worse. And um, and so are sick again. Why do people get sick? Well, see that person not healed because they got sick again. Well, Jesus doesn't impart immunity into us. You know, we are going to die. And most people, you know, if they get old, they do get sick and die. But he doesn't impart immunity to us. 
Um, we do get sick again because Christians are not exempt from storms. We just continue to stand on the rock. We live in a fallen world. So maybe you got sick, you know, got he healed yesterday, but you might get sick again today. Peter's mother-in-law probably had another fever sometime during her life. Remember when uh, when Peter, excuse me, Peter's mother-in-law had the fever and Jesus rebuked that fever, fever and immediately she got up and served the people? Well, she may have got the fever again some point in her in her life because we live in a fallen world. That doesn't mean healing didn't happen. We are still going to die. We don't have to die from a sickness or disease, but many, but many people will. So my dear brother, my dear sister.com, be well.